all across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or by going to veteransradio.net where we're on the web 24-7. You can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.net. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We also want to thank Eisenhower Center. It's a brain injury recovery center. Learn more about eisenhowercenter.com. They're located in Michigan and in Florida. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at legalhelpforveterans.com. Contact us if you'd like to be a sponsor on Veterans Radio, and let's move on to our program. Well, we want to welcome to Veterans Radio today a Navy veteran, Roger Yoder. Roger, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you, Jim. Good to be here. Well, you've served in the Navy for over about 20 years active and another 10 years in the Naval Reserve, so 30 years all totaled. And uh, uh, you're a good example of when they say, uh, uh, you know, join the Navy, see the world. You got yourself uh, assignments not only here in the United States during that period of time, but overseas uh, as as well, um, including Iceland and Bahrain. I can't think, I, and Saudi Arabia. I can't think of any further distance in different climates than those two. So uh, I, I, you had a very interesting career, didn't you? Yes. Uh, coming from a small town in rural Michigan, uh, it was enlightening to go to boot camp and you got people from all over the country, uh, uh, different uh, makeups and different backgrounds. And then uh, uh, in a career as well, traveling overseas and stateside and, and just in a good various uh, uh, locations and, and types of duty as well. Well, we have Roger on today uh, to talk about a post-military uh, career passion of his that maybe started when he was in that small town. In, uh, he, he was born in Hillsdale, Michigan, and is now of Jerome, Michigan. Uh, and that is uh, Det- the Detroit Tigers. Where did your love of the Detroit Tigers start, uh, Roger? Well, it, it started uh, when I was in sixth grade. And so I was young, uh, uh, playing little league baseball, and, and you have the interest. And uh, things were different then because the Tigers were more available. They were on free TV and and radio, and it was a lot easier to follow the Tigers than than it is for a young boy growing up today. 
Well, one of the things you've done now and that we're here to talk about is part of the Ultimate Major League Baseball Series. Uh, You've ridden it on the Detroit Tigers, Michigan's uh, favorite sports team. Tell us how this came about. Well, uh, I started working in the media while I was in the military, uh, radio, newspapers, and TV, wherever I was stationed. And uh, uh, after I got out, I I joined a paper full-time. And what I realized is when I'm on a morning deadline to get uh, my articles in the newspaper that day, uh, anything I did on the Tigers, I'd have to go to a number of sources. And uh, that just makes the task uh, even more difficult. And that's when I realized that uh, there needed to be a source of information where uh, uh, it's all in one location. Well, this really is the ultimate statistics guide. Um, everything you can think about is in this uh, book, uh, which is over 500 pages. I don't know where it really topped out at. But but tell us what uh, what you've crammed into this tome on the Detroit Tigers. Well, the uh, start out initially was going to be a review of each of the seasons, uh, 1901 through uh, 2020. But as the book evolved through the years, uh, that is in there, and you you see the history starting from 1901. Uh, each of those page reviews uh, starts out with a uh, it's laid out in decade format, and so at the beginning of each decade, there's a page review for the decade. So there's an all decade team, uh, all decade pitching staff, a player of the decade, and a pitcher of the decade, and then the book goes into the statistical part of it, where uh, you have the yearly leaders. Uh, the career leaders, the decade leaders, uh, for over 100 stats for offense and 50 for pitching. Well, as I went through this, I mean, it just brought back all kinds of memories, uh, you know, names that uh, of players that, uh, you you know, you heard on radio, or you heard, saw on TV. Maybe you got to go to Tiger Stadium and now Comerica Park. But, but this is really a treasure trove of statistics. Um, how'd you keep it all straight? Well, at one point, it was in about seven different files. And then a couple of years ago, I, I, I put everything together in, in a book uh, format, page numbered it, all that. And then, uh, um, but you pretty much, I, I just had to take it one section at a time. Um, but as you go through there, it has the statistics that we were familiar with growing up, like home runs and stolen bases and batting average uh, to the uh, new age statistics today they call sabermetrics which evaluate those raw statistics for the on-field performance yeah that was some stuff i you know i I know people really get into that was a lot more than i understood so tell us a little bit more about some of the statistical models that are in here that uh, may be a little bit different than most people think about um, you know, you have most effective hitters through the decades. It's, it's sort of an interesting way to look at it. Tell us some more. Yes, there's uh, uh, people have come up with different ways through the years to compare players of different eras, uh, players from the same teams, players from different decades. Uh, I developed one that uses uh, uh, individual statistics um, that uh, you can come up with the most effective hitter. Uh, and also a most effective pitcher. And so uh, those that data that's used in, in that determination allowed me to go back and determine the, the first team, second team, all the way through the, the fifth team all time. 
uh, the top 150 Tigers of all time, and then the top 50 starters and top 50 relievers. Uh, so you can see where your Tiger shakes out as far as your favorite Tiger. Well, you know, I think uh, this book will either help solve or maybe start uh, more arguments over a couple of beers and who's the best uh, Tiger hitter or Tiger pitcher or, you know, uh, of all time or during a certain decade. So I, I think you've uh, added some fuel to the fire. That was probably the intent. <laughs> well, it sure is. It's everybody has their favorite Tigers. And, and with over 1,800 uh, through the years, uh, for the 120 years they've played, uh, everyone has their favorites and, and everyone uh, – um, can present their case for why their player is the best. And so it's interesting because uh, the Tigers are a storied franchise. So when you look at players like, like Ty Cobb and Hank Greenberg and Hal Newhauser, Charlie Gehringer, all the way up through today, uh, you know, Miguel Cabrera, J.D. Martinez, and the recent Tigers, and then, of course, the 60s and the 70s was just a special time for Tiger fans because you had a core of players uh, like Horton, Freehand, Northrop, K-Line, uh, Lowlich, that uh, they just were together for a long time. Well, those are all storied names that ought to ring true with anybody in the uh, in the listening area. Um, and, and you talk in the book about uh, various Tiger owners and executives and managers and coaches, uh, even broadcasters uh, get their due. So you know that's great. I think it it brings home for everybody, kind of. Uh, and, and also helps those of us whose memory may be fading and be say, well, I remember it was this year and somebody else is saying it's another year. I'm going to be able to sort it out now uh, with this. Uh, so you've, you've uh, really added to the library of Detroit Tiger knowledge. Now, was this done in conjunction with the Tigers or is this an independent effort? How did this come about? Uh, it's independent effort. Um, and, and pretty much... Uh, you know, when you're, when you're looking at, uh, like this, for example, the comparison of the players from the different eras, you know, there, that's been done many times in the past, but it's been done either, uh, based on, uh, a, 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 who the favorites were of that author or that person presenting the, the issue, or they were based on longevity. Of course, when you base your, your, uh, presentation on longevity, then it's those Tigers who have played 15 to 20 years, like Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, Ty Cobb, Al Kaline. Uh, so they're, they're always going to be in, in the forefront. But what this book does is, uh, is evaluate the players based on performance. And it was interesting for me, I was holding my breath as I'm going through the comparison there of on-field uh, performance to see where, where everything fell out. And, and as, as it should be, um, the top 150 players, you know, it starts off with Ty Cobb, Gehringer, Heilman, Greenberg, and uh, and and Kaline, and it just goes through down to number 150. So uh, it's uh, it's interesting, as they say, the cream always rises to the top, and the Tigers have had a number of All Stars and Hall of Famers, and uh, it was uh, a pleasure working with it. Well, Roger, tell us where this book can be obtained if I'm out there and I'm I've got a. Uh, a dad or an uncle or a brother, uh, who, or maybe a son who's a, maybe a daughter who's a big Tiger fan. How can I get uh, this uh, book into their hands? Well, the book is finished and it's being processed for release. Uh, the release date hasn't been set yet. Um, but what the listeners can do is go to, uh, most people are on Facebook and they can go to 
search Detroit Tigers, Michigan's favorite sports team. There's a Facebook page uh, that people can see uh, uh, sample pages and they can follow the, the book as it progresses and the, the release date will be there. I do know that it's going to be available online, uh, such as through Amazon. It's going to be an ebook option, and it's going to be in bookstores like Barnes & Noble. So wherever listeners uh, are used to getting their books, they'll be able to find this one easily. Well, this would be a great uh, Christmas present uh, here in 2021. So let's hope uh, folks go to the Facebook page, keep track of it, and make it uh, part of the Christmas uh, buying experience for this year for their uh, Detroit Tigers uh, fans. Roger, I want to turn to another uh, area. And while I've got you on and we don't get to talk to enough Navy veterans, um, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, what took you, took you into the Navy back in uh, 1978 and uh, what kept you there for so long and uh, a little bit about your career. Um, so I, I joined uh, Delayed Entry actually before I graduated high school. Uh, there's a program, Delayed Entry, and you could sign up, have your physical, and uh, know what specialty I was going to go into and serve. And uh, so I, I, I joined and I served for over seven years and got out for 10 months. And the reason I got out was uh, I, I, I hadn't been to sea. I, hadn't, I didn't even know what the Navy was all about. And I, here I had served seven years. And so I got out, I came back to rural Michigan, not a lot of jobs available in 1986. I was working for three newspapers, 20 miles in each direction. And, uh, and, and that just wasn't sustainable. And uh, the recruiters, they had a, a, a program where they were recruiting former uh, Navy veterans to come back in. And so uh, that intrigued me. I checked it out and I came back in at the rank I was when I got out. And so, uh, uh, I started traveling. I was single, didn't have a family at that time. So I started taking short tours of a year and 18 months at different locations overseas. And uh, I got to travel quite a bit. And uh, travel has always intrigued me. And I got to go to and experience a lot of cultures um, in the Navy. And that was uh, a welcome experience for me. Well, as I said at the outset, you uh, did some overseas tours in Iceland and Bahrain. Uh, could it have been any more different than those two? Uh, there's no way you could even plan to, to, to cover the, the very duty stations I was at. Everything kind of just fell into place. And uh, I was a career counselor. So uh, for me, it was important to see the different duty stations and the different types of duty that I, I served on. I, I was with squadrons. I was with ships. I was with uh, staffs. Uh, I was with joint duty, different uh, branches of the military. I experienced uh, quite a bit uh, for an enlisted person, and, and that helped me in my role as career counselor in advising uh, young men and women of uh, duty stations and, and ways of getting advanced. How the heck did you end up with three diplomatic tours in Saudi Arabia? Well, the first one uh, was, was a, quite a surprise, and that was uh, serving with the Saudi Navy at their Navy headquarters in Riyadh, their capital. And uh, we had 20 U.S. Navy there in their building and, uh, and serving with their, their, uh, their Navy. That was quite an experience. And so that was for the uh, specially screened uh, for the Secretary of Defense. And then uh, uh, that led to 18 months later uh, being selected again to go to uh, their Navy base on the West Coast uh, in Jeddah, 
and then uh, also on the east coast uh, near uh, Jubail. So that was, uh, you, you know, it's one thing to serve overseas, but when you have the opportunity not once, twice, or but three times to serve with a foreign Navy on their base, uh, that was quite an experience. Oh, yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, that's just astounding and, and would have been, a, you know, by the, certainly in the end of the second tour, you had to be the most experienced uh, naval personnel, U.S. naval personnel uh, in Saudi Arabia. I mean, it's just, it's an incredible opportunity that uh, a kid from uh, Jerome, Michigan, probably wasn't thinking he'd ever, ever have. And and you uh, had the opportunity to do a lot of different things and, as you say, move around. Uh, I know you were in Texas for a while. Um, you received in 1997 the Military Person of the Year and by the Kingsville, Texas Chamber of Commerce. You know, just just some real accolades for your work uh, that you were doing at bases in in Texas and Florida. Tell us a little bit about those experiences. Well, as a the longer I served in the Navy, you you advance in in rank and you have uh, positions of leadership. And uh, I was fortunate that uh, in those positions. Uh, as supervisor, leading petty officer, and, and those roles, um, I thought it was very important. You know, as you're coming up through the ranks from E1 all the way up, you know, to to make E6, you know, there's things that you cross uh, along the way, and you say, maybe if I'm in a position that I can try this or I can do this, you know, I can take this different angle. Um, I think maybe that it'll be better received. And so when I had those positions where I could help my soldiers, I took care of them. Uh, the best I could. And as a result, uh, I was recognized, fortunately, for, for my hard work. But but really, it started by taking care of my troops. Well, that's always a sign of great leadership. And, and uh, post-service, um, once you retired, uh, and we're talking to Roger Yoder, who's ridden the ultimate Major League Baseball series, Detroit Tigers, Michigan's favorite sports team, a book that you can find by going to Facebook and checking uh, searching for that uh, uh roger indicated to us earlier that this should be out later this year and is going to make a great uh, christmas gift for anybody who's a tigers fan and it's got all kinds of great material in it but that's only one of many things you've done to continue to support the troops if you will support veterans um you've been uh, involved in uh the things in your hometown or home county of hillsdale County uh, here in Michigan. Um, t- tell us a little bit about some of your post uh, reti- <laughs> put retirement in quotes, not really retired, but post retirement from the military uh, work that you've done for veterans. Uh, well, one of the things you can identify with, I'm sure, is uh, I had a, a show on radio uh, on Saturday mornings, uh, Veterans Affairs Update. And, and that was uh, that was really thrilling for me because I, I covered all areas of active duty reservist uh, and uh, you know, those things uh, that the military were, were facing and experiencing. And, and that was really a, a good opportunity for me uh, to present uh, things that are current for veterans and, and, and opportunities and programs that are available. And uh, so I took advantage of that and uh, uh, presented that show um, I started the, the first Hall of Fame for veterans in Michigan, the uh, Hillsdale County Veterans Hall of Fame, which it evolved to a point where the state of Michigan asked me to consider doing the same thing for the state, statewide. And uh, 
after thinking about that for several years and no one taking that on, and it's one of those things, you know, if it's easy, everyone would have done it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, uh, we developed that, and uh, it's uh, it's off and it's in place, and it's got uh, it's 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 taking root. And we've had a uh, couple induction classes. And uh, an in- interesting side note is uh, in the book, uh, there's a page of of those who are affiliated with the Tigers and Hall of Fames that they are a member of. And so uh, it could be like Sparky Anderson from South Dakota and those kind of things. But if you go through there, the Michigan Military and Veterans Hall of Honor is listed. And Mike Illich, uh, a longtime Tiger owner, uh, is a veteran of the Marine Corps, and, and he's pictured in there. Well, and, and one of the things, uh, well, wait a minute, I want to finish up on you. You did a great job of redirecting me, but I'll come back to it because I'm a professional. Uh, Rogers uh, been awarded the uh, 2006 Hillsdale County Veteran of the Year. He's been inducted to the Michigan Military and Veterans Hall of Fame or Hall of Honor, I should say. Um, uh, you also found time to coach basketball and uh, uh, be a significant uh, bowler. Um, and I got a kick out of reading that you're base tennis champion at, at a couple of Navy bases. So you've had a, been, been doing a lot of things uh, more than just uh, sitting there writing newspaper stories or doing radio or writing books. Um, but let me come back because I want to I want to come back to the book and where you got me off track was. There are a number of Tigers, and this would be true in all professional sports, uh, certainly baseball, uh, where the men you have in the book also served in the military, aren't there? Yes, and uh, Hank Greenberg comes to the top of the list, one of the all-time great Tigers. Um, after uh, December 7th and uh, in, in the attack in, in Pearl Harbor, Hank Greenberg was the first to enlist. Uh and uh, he served the longest, and uh, and uh, it didn't cost him the Hall of Fame, but it, it certainly put a dent into his uh, his career numbers. He was the all-time home run leader until uh, Al Kaline passed him, but uh, it took a number of years for that to take place. But Hank Greenberg uh, was was just spectacular, two-time MVP, the first MVP that at two different positions, uh, left field and first base, but. Uh, his career as a pilot in, in the military in World War II was exemplary and just an example of, of the young men of the time that stepped up to serve their country. Yeah, I think I think there's a whole other uh, series that we could do, and uh, maybe I can talk you into doing it regularly for Veterans Radio here, Roger, is talk about some of the uh, athletes, the professionals who have served in the military. I think we, we forget about them. Uh, and realize that, uh, that they have served nobly in a lot of different uh, different ways. So, Roger, again, tell us where the book uh, will be available uh, later this year. Okay, if they can just uh, follow the book or check in, uh, uh, say, weekly with uh, the Facebook page, Detroit Tigers, Michigan's favorite sports team. Um, that's where uh, they, they can see sample pages, uh, an example of information that's going to be in the book. Uh, there's a dedication to a young man who was 12. He passed away in 2018. I dedicated the book in his honor. You can read about that. Um, but that's where the information is going to be when the release date is set and known. Uh, we'll make that information available. And uh, that's, uh, like I say, the, there'll be the option for the ebook. Uh, that's uh, prevalent nowadays. 
and then also it's going to be available online through Amazon, for example, and, and the bookstores uh, such as Barnes & Noble. Well, it's a great uh, book with tons of statistics and information to help uh, jog people's memory about uh, the good old days with the Tigers, and it takes a decades approach, so you kind of can feel where, hey, I grew up in this decade, and you can go look at all those names that uh, you listen to on the radio or saw on TV or down at the stadium. So it's a great book. Roger, again, thanks for uh, your service in the Navy for all that you've done for veterans uh, since getting out and continue to do. And uh, best of luck uh, on this book. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity for the interview. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure working with veterans and, and learning their story. They say every soldier has a story to tell. And uh, it's been interesting through the years to, to meet all the veterans I've had from Michigan. That's my focus is veterans from Michigan. Thanks again, Roger. Thank you. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fossone. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or legalhelpforveterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by going to veteransradio.net. And until next time, You are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, nvbdc.org, Eisenhower Center. VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan, VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor, and the American Legion Press Corn Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. They keep us on the air, as does your support. Go to Facebook, go to veteransradio.net, and support our efforts. And until next time, You are dismissed.